Welcome, art lovers, to the SCHS Visual Art Podcast, where we are equipping creative minds to be artists of many styles and disciplines. We feature guest artist talks and other fun things to guide, inspire, and inform the work you make or want to make. I'm Tucker Webb, but a lot of you listening probably know me as Mr. Webb. Let's check it out. Hey guys, this is the 11th episode of the SCHS Visual Art Podcast. So glad you're listening. Today is super exciting, of course. Our guest is the one and only Aaron Draplin. Aaron Draplin is a graphic designer who lives in Portland, Oregon. He's been making logos and designs under the name of the Draplin Design Company, or DDC, for almost 20 years. He's made work for companies like Nike and Burton Snowboards, but a lot of his work goes on merch he sells himself, like shirts, hats, coin purses, earplugs, basically anything he can put a cool design in the DDC name on. He just likes to have a good time and make things he wants to make. Make sure you check out his work before or while listening. You can check him out on Instagram at Draplin, that's at D-R-A-P-L-I-N, or online at draplin.com. I hope you enjoy this chat with the funny and talented Aaron Draplin. Aaron Draplin. Super excited for you to be here, man. Well, thank you. Super excited to be talking to you. Where are you at in Tennessee? Uh, just southeast of Nashville. So okay. yeah, I mean, we I could drive there in twenty minutes. Well, not right now, actually. We had a big uh, snow for for us anyway, a big snow thing, ice I just, thing. Uh, I talked to a buddy tonight from um, um, Knoxville. Yeah, they had the same sort of deal going on there, and uh, yeah, you know, this is uh, we. Uh, we're not, we're kind of fair weather people out here in the Northwest and, uh, you know, uh, 45 miles to the East and, uh, the snow banks are 20 foot tall, you know, mm-hmm. my but down here in the lowlands where it's, uh, you know, uh, kind of a rainforest, uh, three inches and, um, and we're, uh, we can't really do much, you know, they don't really have salting systems you know they don't have like here, yeah. trucks you know what i mean down here in the city so yeah uh, then of course it gets cold enough and then we're kind of like um the, the rain mixed with it and it ices over and then you get an inch of ice on everything and it gets heavy and the power lines come down and the tree branches and then aaron draplin's little bruised ego just gets a little bruised up you know but hey we're yeah. you know the thaw is upon us we almost yeah. you know, Lee set up little, little, uh, little, little uh, blizzard carabiner lines, you know, from the house to the shop that you see me in right here. So you can I, make your way. Yeah, you know, yeah. just it was, you know, three inches of snow. It was very serious on Saturday. <laughs> you know, that's it's just embarrassing here. I mean, it's once a year that we get that stuff. Yeah. But like I said, you know, you go to the west and you're at the ocean, and that is rainforest. Yeah. Beautiful and redwoods and the whole bit. And then you go to the east, you go up into those Cascades, and there's a couple of spots where it is just winter wonderland, 
yeah. over the passes, you know, you're up at like, I don't know, seven, six, seven thousand, eight thousand feet, and it's snowing. So you can a couple times a week, I'll go and look at these uh, like uh, highway cams. Mm-hmm. You just see it pounding up there. It's yeah. Cool little taste you know of what's going on just 45 miles from me you know but you're from michigan so you obviously are no no stranger to the snow right i mean we you know we i've been out here about 25 years so yeah um um it's, it's like a know, long and distant memory it, it well you know it comes back quick when you go back there and like i just noticed my knuckles hurt when i go back there and i'm like you know, shoveling for my mom or cleaning off her windshield or something. You know, I try to be the big yeah. hero when I go back there. Don't worry about me. I'll go do it. And then my hands hurt for three days because I'm a wimp. These yeah. Days. I mean, you know, I know it's rough right now in Tennessee. I know it's my friends in Austin. You know, it's actually only 91 degrees there right now. And they're, they're still, there's a foot of snow in Austin. It's not the normal 145 degrees that, it, in that, that, that pit they call Austin. Um, I love that town, but I only go there a uh, 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 December, January, February. That's my window. Otherwise, yeah. they can all just they can have it to their own. Um, but uh, you know, we were joking that you know, it's ten below in Michigan, and then today, oh my gosh, it was forty three degrees. So I don't know how we're gonna make it. If I don't make it tonight, just make sure that Dale doesn't get my records. Okay, I will. We'll, we'll work on that later on. Okay. Well, what do you got? It, I've got it on a on a, a record on audio here. So oh, it's like a, your last uh, I, living while, testament. While this thing's recording, I hate my friend Dale. Let's just get that yeah. on the record. Okay. Oh, he's a horrible person. All right. Okay. I'll just make sure to send this to him first. Oh, he's yeah. he's he's not even worth the time. He's I not. am very impressed by your record collection, by the way. Uh, yeah. I can uh, see it right I, there behind you. You can kind of see here. This thing goes a whole wall okay know? so if you're listening to this you, you can't see any of this but it's uh like a huge cube shelf from floor to ceiling with i don't know 50 records in each cube and we've got what uh 100 cubes there yeah it's something about four or five thousand records i think Goodness. I, I, you know the maroon five section alone is about this thick i'm just kidding but, uh, <laughs> half uh, the wall the cold play section alone actually i do yeah. have I have the first couple from those guys, but uh, you know this. I have one, about I have about two hundred and fifty, and I thought I was doing yeah, pretty well, well I, but I mean, here's the thing: I I probably play about two fifty. You know, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to get through them if you have too many. You know, that's like one of the last things that I have to kind of go after to pine for, or to go on eBay, or go on Discogs, or try to c- complete some stack of something. Um, yeah. Um, and, you know, as I get older, I discover things that I overlooked either because I was just kind of a, a bad kid, as in like um, the Rolling Stones I had a couple of years ago. Now, listen, I understand the little 15 year olds. I don't know what they're listening to. Billy Eilish. And uh, I don't know what they're into. Blues Clues. I mean, just other <laughs> care what they're into. These little rat kids. But um, as you get older. You know, the stuff that you were forced to listen to when you were making pizza back in 1990, you know, it's some pizza job. Well, suddenly that stuff's kind of interesting to me now. So what I'll do is every summer I go on a couple tears and like two summers ago was Deep Purple. Yeah. And a, you know, a, summer, a couple summers ago was uh, Tom Petty, all the Tom Petty. And mm-hmm. I know the kids have heard of these things, but the idea is, you know, due to my, um, you know, I grew up on... Um, you know, kind of heavy metal and punk rock and indie rock and 
a little bit of countrified stuff, you know, uh, Wilco's and Sunvolts and things. Well, nevertheless, those are my set, set of sets of sensibilities, but you tend to overlook kind of the classic, you know, like Rush. You no, know, I haven't yeah. had my Rush moment. I mean, I, I love that stuff, but there's going to be a Rush moment where I try to go get all 15 of them, you know, yeah. and, um, and then I'll have to get rid of, um, Oh, uh, my Nickelback section, which is just going to be hard to do. I, I'm just kidding. I, I got I the <laughs> jokes, you know, I mean, you know. No, I like the jokes. And I also like Wilco a lot. I'm actually reading Jeff Tweedy's newer book right now, How to Write One Song. Yes. It's, it's a very good exploration of creativity well, for anybody, for any artist. He is um, oddly transparent about that. I think yeah. it's really cool. Yeah, you know, I... I saw that it came out. Um, I've met him. Um, mm-hmm. I know his son a little bit. And um, Spencer. Yes, and I'm yeah. just a fan. And I and I'm, I guess if I had any claim to fame, if I uh, watch their little Tweety show mm-hmm. and they see my name come up, they'll say, "Ooh, Aaron Draplin's in here listening." You know, so I, that always gives me a little little jilt. You know, yeah. jolt a little uh, a, a good little, feeling. Little scriz in the scraz because it's like, man, you know these they. They just know who I, I mean, whatever that means. So, cause I'm yeah. a fan, I'm a fan. Yeah. We have some mutual friends, uh, John Hodgman, who's a, you know, a, a satirist and uh, writer and other couple things. Um, he mm-hmm. knows those guys very well. And I, I know John, I work for John. So he's kind of told them, I guess, about me or whatever. Um, yeah. First and foremost, I'm a fan of Jeff Tweedy going back to 1900 and what, 92, 93, Uncle Tupelo. Yeah. And I just love that. Like I read his book cover to cover the you know two ago yeah um but that newest one i've just been kind of waiting i've been kind of waiting because i'm going to devour it you know it's good it's it's a it's a it's a quick read i think too it's not not too long i'm i'm not done with it yet but uh are are you a little different i do yeah okay so not as much as i used to but i i do and i i have a a love for it and it was probably a love of mine before visual art. So yeah, it's, uh, you know, they go hand in hand, but. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, how does someone make a design much less write a song? And yeah. that's why I, I do want to write a song. I don't really, you know, I'm not much of a singer, um, but um, I would like to write a song. And, I, and I'm really interested to see how he, you know, cause that is a magical kind of thing to bite off and say, you know, we're going to trust you with this knowledge, you know, yeah. this and, um, you know, not to mention, I mean, he, he makes money when he sells books. So it's just, That's true. Cool. it's just cool to see these guys not be afraid to share how the sausage is made. Same could be said for you though, too, because yeah. I mean, you're putting your stuff on Skillshare. You're literally sharing the screen and showing how you, you know, come up with what you, what you do and, and your designs and stuff. So yeah, it's, I I've, I talk about it a lot, but I see, I've seen a, a shift in transparency with any sort of artists recently. Well, it's like it used to just be yeah. this hidden secret. And oh, now right. it's, see, uh, you know, to date myself, you know, it's like, first of all, we didn't have uh, skill shares and Zoom calls and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. You know, um, I'm 47 years old, just so you guys can have a good laugh. All the kids listening to this can go, ha, 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 ha. I'll put a, I'll put a laugh track in. But right I'll there. just say that right now, that if you're 16, that means I'm three times your age, but I'm also three times smarter. And I have a thing called a bank account. So have your laughs, you little rats. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I remember being 16 years old. It was terrifying, you know? And uh, now is. when you get to 48 or 47 years old, like I am, um, 
you know, your hair starts to hurt. So I don't know what that <laughs> means, but uh, so it's also terrifying. It's it's listen. I don't even buy green bananas anymore, Tucker, because yeah. I'm playing it by ear. If if I make it through the night, how about this? If I if I die on this podcast, uh, may that haunt you the rest of your life, Tucker. That that you were the one to put me over the edge. So you know, um, I'll make sure to keep those uh, hard questions till the end. The ones that might put you over the edge. Uh, yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, this is you know we joke about this because. I'm I'm really careful to say um, the kind of crappy things people say when they say it all just whipped by because it didn't. And mm-hmm. I think it's an unfair thing to do to yourself and to the weird mystery of how time works and how age works and how getting old works. Because listen, today was a long day. And since I was 16, that's 31 years. That's a lot of days, you know, whatever mm-hmm. that means. And uh you know, what, 10,000 or something. So, you know, it's all these years, it's like, you know, I'm just really careful about that. You know, I try to, and you know, when you're 16 years old, the world is in front of you. Um, but every year, I can kind of remember every year, you know, and try yeah. to make the best of it, you know, and write it all down and uh, try to have a reference point. So I kind of knew what I was doing when I was 27 or something. Mm-hmm. And um, because, the, you know, they, I don't want to say the years go, go, go by quicker, um, but you know, as a youngster listening to this, just remember you have a lot of time in front of you, but you have to use it wisely, you know? Yeah. And I'm, I was just lucky to have the right sort of amount of folks, um, telling me exactly that, you know, when I was a kid and I'm really thankful for that because it, it wasn't just this sort of like, you know, same old, same old, like, ah. Oh, you know, it just, I don't know where it went. That's a lazy way of looking at it. You yeah. Know, it went into watching a bunch of Netflix over the last year. You know, what did you yeah. guys do the last year? You know, right, right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. All right. Well, well you I think with the questions, man. I'm, I will. I'll and, and I do just want to say there that I think that it's all about being intentional and being present. Because if you're constantly wishing that you were, when you're 16, when you're wishing that you were 20, or when you're 20 and you're wishing you were 30 because of X, Y, and Z, then you're not going to enjoy the years that you have. And then you get um, to be 47, 48 years old. And you're like, wow, it did go by kind of quickly because I wasn't in it. I'm just trying to think of what's important to a kid in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. The idea that we push ourselves to get older. So what you can, I don't even know, get a driver's license or, you know, do the bad things or do the good things or whatever you want to call it. I know it's hard, but if you can, um, try to just enjoy being a 16-year-old because yeah. when that goes, and that's, you know, you're getting through your year and stuff, it's hard to get back to being a 16-year-old, you know? So then when you become a 17-year-old, what does that mean? Well, you're getting ready for college or you're getting ready for getting out of high school. You know, each year should have a set of challenges. And, uh, you know, and like you said, being intentional with every every week, you know, think mm-hmm. about what's important that week and, you uh, because here's the deal, you know, all these years later, I'm at, that's why, you know, it's important to talk to kids to say, hey, stay young, stay wild, stay cool, because they're going to push you other ways. Who's they? I don't know. It's kind of society, you know, mm-hmm. and um, the more that you can hold on to that, you know, the, the sort of folly of youth and um, the sort of uh, the weird quality of not quite knowing the better. Yeah. Because when you start to get older, I, you guys, I know just as much as you do. I don't even know why I'm saying this. Okay, get me off of this. 
Let's come well, on. Give me, okay. Uh, what's the Aaron Draplin elevator speech? Who are you? What do you do? Well, um, my name is Aaron James Draplin, 47 years old. I live in Portland, Oregon. I was born in Michigan and I am a graphic designer. Or maybe you could say artist or you could say a maker or you could say, you know, I don't even know, you know, kind of a creative person, but um, I make money by making things like um, logos, CD and album cart, you know, record covers, posters, um, field notes, memo books. I'm in Skillshare videos that teach youngsters how to, you know, kind of do what I do or what colleagues do with me. Um, I go on the road and talk about myself, but we'll just say the main thing is um, I make logos for people who um, have a problem and they need a logo for their food cart or their their band or a t-shirt or an app that goes on a phone. You know, where's that logo come from? Um, now I understand as you know, a bunch of kids listening to this and saying, God, what this guy's face alone, just his voice alone makes me just want to fight or, you know, something, you know, scream or whatever. I understand these are all natural, you know, sort of inclinations, but um, to put it into context, in that room of kids that are listening to this, there's a good chance you'll see a logo somewhere on some of your clothes or maybe a pair of Nikes that I did, right? So if there's any skateboarders there, um, if you've, you know, the, the Nike Janoskis, they're called the Janoskis, I did the logo on that. So the idea here is I'm trying to connect with you guys, right? Because you're looking, you know, you're listening to me and going, what does this have to do with my life? Well, here's the thing. There's a chance that, you know, maybe a record you like or something or a magazine you flip through, or if you've ever gone snowboarding, you know, somewhere, um, you know, on this stuff called snow. I know it's new to you guys in Tennessee, but we've um, heard of it. Yeah. You've heard of it. But um, you know, the idea that maybe I did a graphic for one of the snowboards that you were on, you know, so just to kind of give you an idea of the stuff I work on, but yeah, that's, that's it. You know, I, I have a, I have a girlfriend and I've been with her about, let's see, uh, 12 years, three months, six weeks, seven hours and seven or 18, 17 or 18 minutes, but who's counting. Um, but we live here and we work in our backyard and I do all the stuff that I do and all the things I make. And then Lee does all the shipping. And that might only be about three hours a day. And believe me, she, she belly aches through the whole thing. But, <laughs> um, you know, she's the, um, we call her the merch mistress, right? So she does all my shipping and then um, gets back to her life to, you know, uh, do things like sound baths and, uh, and read and expand her mind and other things. Um, but that's our life here in Portland. And, um, you know, I have a mom who I bring out here an awful lot. Obviously, due to the pandemic, I haven't been, been able to bring her out here in over a year now. Um, but um, I'm in my studio. You can see it, Tucker. I'm in my studio. And this is in my backyard. So this is only like 15 feet from the back of the house, right? You know, this thing mm -hmm. starts. And then just another five feet past this wall is the next little plot, you know, here in Portland. We're in the row houses. It's kind of tight um, where, you know, someone else's property starts. But um, you know, we're in this backyard, uh, completely contained, you know, um, due to the pandemic, you know, I don't really go to a job. I work where, you know, where we're talking right now and mm -hmm. it's a great privilege, you know, to be back here. Um, but that is our full rundown, you know, I mean, anyway, the studio I built, 
on the other side of this wall that I'm pointing um, is where Lee does all the merch. There's big tables and stacks of posters and things and drawers with field notes and stuff. Um, so a few minutes ago, you you said that you um, you make logos and things for people. Yeah. But you also what I one thing I like about you that you you also just make logos for fun, like you. Yeah. You made a logo for the sun and you've made logos for clouds and, you know, just random things that just mean something to you, a snowflake or, um, you know, in some things it seems like have a kind of a, um, a purpose or, um, you know, a deeper meaning sort of, uh, unity of humans and and things like that. But then also just sometimes you do it for fun. Um, so I just wanted to ask, I guess, what, because you're designing so many things, what is, do you have like a delineation between what is good design and what is bad design? Or is it just kind of like, if you enjoy it, it's good. And if you don't enjoy it, it's bad. Or I don't know, as a, as a designer. Well, I I would say, um, good and bad is all about craft. First Mm -hmm. of all, um, you have to understand there's, there's many, um, gradations to that, how to answer that. Cause um, sometimes the really best work is just the work that pays well, right? <laughs> so, you know, the idea that it's easy to get into and easy to get out of and you get a paycheck for that. That's amazing. Yeah. But sometimes it's, um, you know, you don't get paid what you should be getting paid, but it's really fun to work on the project. That's, a, that's like a record, you know, something sure. like that, CD. I just love to make that stuff. Sometimes they're horrible people. You know, they reveal themselves. The project sucks. And then not getting paid all that much, but I gave them my word. So as a good Midwesterner from Michigan, you know, I, I try to follow through with that stuff and you can only take it so far. But I mean, the idea is this, it's about being um, sort of graceful when things get a little weird with your clients. Right, 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 right. Graphic designers love to complain about, you know, how bad those clients are to us and all that kind of stuff. And that's a a pretty tired little thing um, because I, I'm just very thankful for the work I get to do. You know, mm-hmm. um, when I was your guys's age, and if you're listening here, I had a pizza job in high school. I missed that job, but I will just say, you know, that job wasn't horrible, but I had friends who had some horrible jobs. And the moment that I went out of high school and got to the next job, I could look back at that pizza job and say, wow, you know, I was with my friends and we would skateboard after work every night and that's the good stuff. But there was a list of stuff that wasn't all that cool, but I did elevate myself out of that. And I I mean, that's kind of the idea here is like, I'm not all that far from those summer jobs or those winter jobs. You know, when I was a kid, I still kind of apply those same principles to how I work here, you know, and that (laughs) means working hard, not belly aching, not being this kind of horrific person that, you know, thinks that they can, um, you know, uh, kind of slam a client. Listen, the client gives you money. So just kind of keep that in perspective that that's kind of a cool thing. And if you do your job, you know, you get, you, you pay bills and insurance and other scary things with it. Right. Um, and yet craft designers love to complain about that. So I just try to take a very non cynical approach to doing this stuff, be thankful. So it's not necessarily about what's good or what's bad. It's more like, to me, it's like levels of fun. 
you know? Yeah. And, you know, for me to work on a little wave graphic that I've been working on, um, I just get lost in it because it's just making art at that point. Mm-hmm. But the moment that a client hired me and said, do a wave for us, then I'm going to start belly aching, you know, and I have to start procrastinating and I don't want to do it. I don't want to, you know, but I need that paycheck and, you know, all the things that you do just, you know, it's no different than when you punch in at your job and you don't want to be there. But um, here's the big thing about being a graphic designer. When you go punch in your, at your job at, you know, I don't know what's, what's, what's a Tennessee thing. Kenny Rogers roasted chicken. I don't know what I'm, I'm just, I'm spitballing. When you, when you punch in at your job at Waffle House uh, there's a good chance that you just don't want to be there, right? Well, it's not apples to oranges to oranges to apples, whatever, with graphic design, like, I'm really lucky to do this. And even on the very worst days, it's still pretty cool. So I try to really keep that in perspective. And that's when I, you know, the reason I would talk about my pizza job in high school or going up to Alaska and washing dishes or trimming trees in, uh, you know, in Northern Michigan and getting stung by hornets and stuff out in the woods. I've had those jobs that aren't necessarily that fun, cool, romantic, or even paid that well. I mean, but I still made it through a whole summer you know, and, and because I know how to do that. Right. Yeah. So now when I get a little poopy with graphic design, because the clients want me to make changes, I'm pretty good at getting myself out of that. And, rem- and just having the right perspective to say, I am lucky to be alive, much less making a mountain of cash on this stuff or maybe making a little. So what's interesting about what you said is, you know, because this is a job, sometimes graphic designers will only look at it that way and only apply what they know how to do to making money. Well, that's okay for them. And I guess the technical term is some people are just stupid. I guess is what how you could say it, or just forgettable. I want to live my life creatively. I want to live my life in a cool way. I want to be creative. I want to be, you know, I want to, I want to, I want this tree to bear fruit. You know, the thing is, is you get to choose how to live your life. And too many times jobs are synonymous with things you don't like. Yeah. And that is not what graphic design has been for me, right? I think a lot of us grow up that way. It's of course like uh, you hear everybody complaining about work and can't wait till the weekend and stuff. So it's ingrained in our brains. Yeah, it's America. And you know what? You have that experience, but you have elevated yourself to become a teacher. You know, for these beautiful little, beautiful little wildflowers and little 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 lambs of the flock that you you are the you know that you that you guide through the through the through the through the the the, the amber waves of grain of America. You know, listen. that gets pounded onto us when you start when you're 15, you know, and it gets pounded into you when you're 26, 36, 46, all the way on up. Um, but I just feel so lucky to have parachuted into graphic design. And it's just been this really cool, creative life, you know? Yeah. And like I said, you know, like you even said, it's not necessarily about always making a buck. Sometimes you can just make a logo, frankly, just because something is fun or, yeah you want to celebrate something or how about this? Um, You want to help someone who needs a logo for their restaurant or their food. There might not be even any money involved. Maybe it's a family member or maybe it's just someone who doesn't have any money, but you know, that's not a dirty word. And Mm -hmm. the idea that you can go help somebody in a cool way with your set of skills, with your hands is one of the greatest privileges ever. 
you know? Well, that right there, what you just talked about is one of the reasons that I'm doing this and doing live chats with, with creative people who love what they do and trying to hopefully instill that into these high schoolers that sure. uh, maybe have, have been told their whole life that work is hard and work is, you know, uh, not enjoyable or that art will not make you any money or that you can't earn yeah. a living being an artist or those sorts of things. But um, I did want to say that, you know, a lot of graphic designers, maybe minus the Hornets that you just mentioned, uh, are doing that, what you just said, they're not making any money and they don't like their job, but they're still doing graphic design. Maybe they work for like a firm and they, uh, yeah, I yeah. don't know. I don't know all that much about the, the graphic design world, but I guess what I'm trying to say is what, so I imagine that to get to a point where you're at, where you're not hating your job as a graphic designer, it probably comes from a combination of like talent, but also just like being creative and also uh, drive to do what you want to do. And then maybe be a little bit of being at the right place at the right time. What are the things that you did that you can think of that like set you apart from the person working at the graphic design firm that hates their oh, job. Well, yeah, just to be really clear and fair, um, there is nothing wrong with going and working for an agency. Or sure, sure. I, yeah. I hope and I just mean to speak. Uh, you know, I, I like how you frame that because it's like I just have to be careful because I just don't want to ever turn a kid away from anything like that. You know? Yeah, and there are plenty of people out there working at firms or or graphic that, design that, 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 that love rule, what they do. Rule, yeah, you know, and. But the thing is, it's very attractive to say, ooh, there's a world outside of this, you mm -hmm. know? And that's a little misleading because, um, you know, here's the deal. What, what graphic design or what art taught me the most was that you can think for yourself because certain jobs, a boss or a management or just whoever's calling the shots, they call the shots, you know? And how you dress at work and how you act at work. And you just have to be a good little worker bee because you get a paycheck, you mm -hmm. know, we're all in some respects, you know, owned by the man, whatever you want to call it. Well, what art and design taught me was that you could look at everything creatively, not just making logos and art and posters and stuff. No, no. You can look at your job creatively. You could look at how you interact with your fellow workers creatively, you know, and what that means is, it, you know, if someone's really good to you, learn how to love them that much more. Now, I don't know where, where that really came from, but it's no different than how, like, I mean, art showed me that I could make my own way. And then when I was in the muck, you know, up in Alaska, not really liking it working all summer long with all the beautiful people, you know, the happy hikers, you know, these, you know, I spent my, I spent four summers up there making money for college, you know, or computers or because my mom and dad couldn't really go do that for me. So, you know, um, they were, they were very supportive and I have a killer mom and dad. They were, you know, wonderful people that I'll hold close forever. Um, my mom's still around my dad. We lost him. He's up in heaven or, you know, maybe up in, Kmart heaven, like we think, you know, you know, up there, you know, my dad used to sweet talk this girl at the local Kmart in Northern Michigan, and she'd give him a little stack of, these kids don't even know what I'm talking about right now, but there's used to be a thing called blue light specials, 
And when you you might be old enough to remember this, Tucker. Yeah, I don't know. 1995. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay, that would have been the end of it. Well, you go into Kmart and they'd have a little blue light set up, and you'd go in to be like, wow, windshield wiper fluid for a buck of <laughs> thing. It was used to be, you know, buck fifty or whatever it was. Okay, 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 okay. Well, what they would do is if you went up to that little kiosk where the blue light special was going on, all the stuff was gone. There'd be a guy there to like rip a little thing off of, and give you a rain, rain check. check. Oh yeah. A rain check. And then you would, you know, you, you know, next time you come into Kmart, you can say, Hey, I missed the blue light special, but I want the same deal, you know, on the windshield wiper fluid. Now check it out. My dad sweet talked one of the ladies there and she gave him his own little stack of paper. So my dad being the animal that he would, he'd sit out in the parking lot and he'd go, what do I need this week? We need, you know, toilet paper. And he'd just write the thing up for a blue light special, whatever price he thought was appropriate, and then go in and hand that thing. So um, anyway, that's that was my dad, Jim Draplin, an amazing uh, character up in northern Michigan. But, um, you know, what was I even talking about? Something profound, something profound. Wheel me back in here. Wheel me um, back. I'm talking about. I'm, I've got the blue light special in my head now. Uh, light, yeah. As it should be, but. Uh, oh, man. Design, being creative with your work well, and the way that you handle things. And you had supportive parents. Yes. Yes. So the idea that, like, because I had a good mom and dad, and I'm very thankful for that. They taught me how to work hard, take it on the chin when I had to take it on the chin. And now here's the thing, because I learned that stuff as a kid and then was able to go then and apply that to whatever friction I was dealing with at my job, being up in Alaska or, or um, any of these jobs I've had over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it comes from a certain set of creativity, either how to learn how to deal with a situation and make it better. You know, listen, I've been on the edge of tears at jobs, right? Yeah. And, you know, someone did something horrible to you or you weren't as good as you should be or whatever the deal was. And you just want to walk out. Now, that's the easy way out. And, you know, sometimes it's appropriate. But my mom and dad taught me, you know, just how to deal with that stuff in other ways. And that's I, I just have to say why I talk about the crappy jobs I had growing up is because now it's given me this great appreciation for what I'm allowed to do. And still to this day, we still make creative decisions. I mean, quite literally on these monitors and making all the junk I make, but no, it's about the scary stuff, you know? Um, You know, it's about how to jump off from something and understanding that there's multiple options and you have to go and kind of suss it out to kind of say, oh, rats, I can't even afford that. Well, that's a hard one to swallow. But listen, if you do the research, you'll realize it wasn't even right for me anyway, right? My mom used to do this thing called pluses and minuses, right? Kind of, you know, she'd say, hey, you know, you know, 17-year-old Aaron Drappen got out of high school at 17. I wanted to move right out to Colorado with all my, you know, scrub buddies. But my mom was like, just... <laughs> you're just not ready. And you know, you don't want to hear that when you're 17 and a half years old. That just makes you want to do it more. Makes you want to do it. Okay. Okay. I kind of knew, but here's the thing. She laid it out for me and said, these are the pluses. I want mm-hmm. you to go to school for two years. What you'll leave at 19 in a couple of years, you're still a punk, right? So the pluses were, if you can get that associate's degree, you have a jump on life. And then you're 19 and then you have your money saved because you, know, you don't have enough money to go yet. You have to work all summer long. I was getting right out of high school at 17, right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So I turned 18 in the fall of 1991. So she kind of, kind of, you know, kind of coaxed me to stay back in Northern Michigan, where I'm from, go to the community college there. I got a little associate's degree in under two years. And then in the summer of 1993, we saved all of our money and we moved West in August of 1993. Right. So my mom armed me with this weird little set of tactics. Like it was hard to see my other friends go, you know, in 1991, a couple of years before it was hard. I wanted to be a part of that group, but I have to say they were all still out there when I finally got out there. What I'm getting at here is this, just this idea of like, you know, you only get so many shots and you better make good decisions. And that's kind of like design. You only get so many chances with this stuff and you can waste a lot of time, you know, hemming and hawing, or you can do the research, think it through plus and minus it, and then get to work on something. You know what I mean? So um, I'm really thankful for that upbringing. You know, I know what they say about millennials and all this kind of stuff and, Kids don't even know this. And it's all about phones and TikTok and squads and bays. And I don't know what you kids are. I don't even care. I can. I think you know more than I do. I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. What am I? What is something all these rat kids like these days? Who (laughs) even cares? Well, listen, being a kid's being a kid. Be it 30 years ago for me. Be it, you know, you guys right now. Um, make good decisions, you guys, you know, make good decisions. And, and if, if you have to make a rough one, it means setting you back a little bit. Well, remember, you got to learn from that, you know? So, you know, it's, it's just a weird time, you know, even 30 years ago, things were a little, just a smidge more cutthroat, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, now when I go on the road and I meet these, you know, sort of a, a classroom of kids and I'll say, all right, all right, all right. Who else here has worked, you know, summer's getting stung by hornets trimming trees. No, no hands even go up. None of these kids even have a job. Now that's creepy, man, because it's like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. At my job, we learned all those things, how to make money, how to be on time, how to, you know, kind of understand your place in a group of like, you know, if I'm just starting out or I'm the sort of elder statesman at what, 17 years old, you know, just in that microcosm of your job, you learn a lot of things. So, I don't know what to tell a kid who's like, my parents don't want me to work. And it's like, well, what are you going to do? You can't uh, Netflix your way into a job. Well, what about the opposite of that? What if, because you, you were talking about the upbringing that you had and how thankful you were for that. What, ha- what about the kid that maybe doesn't have uh, support? You know, well, uh, even I'm not even talking about financial support, but like, no, 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 understood. I mean, you know, that's, that's what are the practical things they can be doing right now? Well, that you here's think what would I would help say, them? You know, like, you know, my parents couldn't cut me a check, but what they were there for is they were, you know, very supportive. We yeah. had a roof over the head, you know, we had everything we needed, but if I wanted a skateboard deck, I had to go work. If I wanted mm-hmm. a snowboard pass or any of the things that were you know, sort of important to me as a, you know, 15 or 16 year old, as I was starting to grow up. But here's the thing. It's like, um, don't hide you guys go out and get a job and get dirty with it, you know, because it's going to be forced upon you soon enough. Right. Yeah. Now I know in Tennessee, that's a little bit different than even the West coast. You know, one of the things you see when you go back even East and East and East and East is kids get cars young, younger ages. Cause they didn't want to go and drive and stuff out here. You know, kids, it's just different. I do want to talk about your work a little bit because, sure. uh, 
do you have something that you have made in in your time as a designer that like stands out to you and that is kind of your baby you know it doesn't have to be you kind of talked about some of your greatest hits earlier but what what do you look back on most fondly well um it might be the political stuff is mm-hmm. um you know to be able to make graphic design to support people that i align with has been a great privilege you know there it's yeah. not it's not really something you get to celebrate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when people say the greatest hits, you know, listen, young kids will look at things like, Oh, I saw that Nike logo, or I saw, um, you know, something large, you know, but remember sometimes the graphic design that the projects are so big that you can't even talk about them because yeah. you're looking for things like Apple or, you know, even a toothpaste or something, you know, it's yeah. not really celebrated as part of that. You're just a worker to help them get the project done. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. Right. So yeah, I think the stuff that I hold the closest would be more like the things that were a long shot, right. The things that were like, wow. Um, um, this shouldn't have happened. And this is, um, this is like, there was a risk involved in this stuff. And there was the risk just for me financially was that it just wasn't a very good paying job. But with that comes a certain kind of freedom and it's Mm -hmm. fun and you get to work with, because you let them know also like, Hey, 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 now you guys not paying me well, but there's a good chance this might not even take off. Like, what does that even mean? You know? So there's this fun risky side to it. Cause here's the thing you're risking your life and your time and your, you know, your, 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 sometimes even your name, but when that stuff does take off, that's a really cool thing because yeah. it might be a band or it might be some nonprofit or it might be, well, in my case, a couple of little snowboard companies that did that did turn into profitable ventures, not only for me, you know, sort of selfishly, but also turned into like cool stuff that you could go get up at, you know, uh, you go to Gander Mountain Sports, you'd see our our gear there, you know, mm-hmm. something. You know, I don't know if you guys have Dick's Sporting Goods back there, but yeah. you know, if you go to Dick's, you'll find some of the gear that I work on there. Okay, so, you know, that's really cool. You know, that's really cool. Or just the idea that, like, um, years ago, I worked with a group of guys, and um, and uh, um, they worked on Giro helmets. And Giro helmets are for, like, you know, everything from um, mountain biking to uh, cyclocross, Lance Armstrong kind of stuff. I used probably the wrong name to mention, but, you know, those sorts of guys that do it like crazy going, you know, Tour de France or something. You know, everything from, you know, they had dirt, mountain bikers, dirt bikers, street bikers, but people wearing helmets. And we'd hear these stories where, you know, um, you know, some young lady was riding her bike, took a bad spill hit her head in the concrete with her helmet on, got up. Yeah. And that's really rewarding that we got to work on, you know, be it advertising or graphics for those things or build a catalog of how they would sell it into, you know, these places like, you know, Dick's or Gander or RER, or you guys have Zoomies, right? You know, Zoomies and yeah. all, right? Well, maybe that stuff would show up there. Okay. So, you know, to work for those things that you know that are actually helping people. Yeah not crack their head open on the concrete turns out when you ride a bike it's a good idea or you know to wear a helmet you know to see like um a little kid with his parents learning how to ride his bike with his little helmet on mm-hmm. or learning how to skateboard you know and a young lady who's six years old she's got a she's learning how to skateboard with a helmet on 
and we made the helmet for that. That was really cool, you know. And that's well, and just the fact that you you might not have they that the lady that was riding her bike and fell might not have bought that helmet had it not been designed well and caught her eye too. Well, so the things that you cut you kind of think about, you know. Yeah. It's like, now now remember, graphic design can be for weird stuff too, you know. Sure. Um, but I've been very fortunate to work for things that not only I support, but also would buy and like and, and buy off at Amazon or buy, you know, sporting goods or something like that. Yeah. Those are all good things. So, you know, to go back and look at these things and say, man, you know, not only did I get to make some cool stuff and, you know, things that I could really get behind, but I got to do it with some pretty cool people. So yeah. when I try to talk about being thankful about, you know, the years I've had in this stuff, I, I'm really careful to complain about the, the kind of the poopy days, you know, where it's like, I just don't want to do this. Cause I, I think back to like, it wasn't that rough. I mm -hmm. did align myself with certain people knowing they were, you know, we were, you know, either I don't, whatever that even means, they're just the same sorts of folks, you know, um, you know, I, I can't really speak to people, you know, my graphic design experience has been really cool. We'll just say, yeah. you know? And as the years kind of do go by, you know, I have, um, I've been very careful to um, document it all, you know, mm -hmm. and um, try to really enjoy it and try to be a good little, you know, person with it, try to share, you know, with moments like we're having right now and yeah. make myself pretty available to people to ask questions and stuff because, you know, graphic design also stereotypically can be sort of like um, people kind of slam a door in your face. They're busy, you know, they don't want yeah. really answer a bunch of questions i understand how that goes too but um i don't know about that i i had you know guys that the people that made time for me when i was you know starting out at 22 24 26 27 years old i really appreciate those people all these years later you know yeah. they really um they really you know affected me in a way where um they made this stuff look fun they make this stuff look like um you know that they if they could make time for me well, maybe, you know, someday I, you know, I could have a job where it's not just about having a knife to your throat all the time. Mm -hmm. That was really exciting. You know, it was really exciting to see that. So, you know, all these years later, I, you know, I do all those skill shares. I go talk to classes. I do, you know, podcasts and talk to people. And I hope people like listening to all this crap out of me, but, um, you know. I think that if they didn't, people wouldn't, people would stop asking you to come. come yeah, talk to yeah. But I mean, probably, I mean, it's just a weird thing because, you have to understand, I remember when I was in high school, they, you know, they brought in some people that were sort of outside, you know, professionals. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe they shouldn't have. You yeah. know? And they were just kind of regular people. Yeah. And it was until we got to see, you know, someone who was kind of a mad scientist or a woman who was like this incredible esoteric writer yeah. or, you know, some of those things. And, you know, an artist, um, a free thinker, um, 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 you know, a mathematician, you know, like someone who is creative with numbers or whatever these things are. I just wish we would have saw some of that stuff because we saw people kind of come in and tell us it's going to be hard, kid, you know, yeah, going to be gruff, you know, and just kind of grumpy. And it was like, it scared me. It just scared me, you know, and, and that's kind of, you and know, didn't inspire you. It did not it's inspire just... you. Yeah. Me That's what I'm I'm hoping to inspire not scare. I want to get the people that that tell you tell them that it's totally possible and here's what they did to do it well, and yeah. I mean, scare I, themselves. Know, I, I know I'm, you know, for the 5th hour now we're going to the hour 6 on this thing, you know, that yeah. 
I've been talking for hours with you guys, but it's like, no one told me a lot of the stuff I told you guys when I was a kid. That's just the best way to put it. It was hard yep. to find. It was hard. You know, when you finally had that broken off for you, you know, I just remember being really thankful, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, no one told me it was going to be like this, you know? Yeah. And then you come to realize that, you know, you can land yourself into these positions where you are excited to go to work. It's not necessarily work. It's your life. Yeah. It's a way that you spend your life and you get, yeah, you get paychecks and things. Um, I'm just kind of careful with the J word job, you know, mm-hmm. it's a job. I know when we were off the record and I'm not going to give away any of these secrets, but you know, you were talking with Lee and you were, you know, um, to all the people listening, this kid, this Tucker guy, he really likes his job. That's a rare thing. That's a really cool thing. And, and it sucks that that's rare. So for mm-hmm. everyone listening, go out and invent it and make that something that isn't a rare thing. You know what yeah. I mean? I had to, otherwise I would have fallen into the pitfalls of not liking my job and not, da, 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 you know, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, you know? So, um, you know, it, it does exist out there. You got to be weird. You got to, you know, you got to, you got to look at things a little bit different. You got to, you got to get, you know, you got to get serious when you got to get serious. You got to get weird when you got to get weird. You got to get straight and you got to get crooked. What do you know? All the things you have to know how to build a, to change with stuff. And you just can't always be one way through all this stuff. You know, remember Mm -hmm. you guys, when you get out of here, you know, they are teaching you right now. So you get skills in your little, your little lamb bodies. You get little skills in your minds right now. Because when you get out, you're going to be part of society and the workforce, okay? Some people are going to have a hard time. Some people are going to have a nice mellow time. You know, there's all kinds of different ways to do this. Um, But I'll just say, you know, hard work goes a long way. Being a good citizen goes a long way. Sharing with people, sharing with your coworkers. I mean, I know it's all kind of weird stuff, but check it out. You're already probably dealing with this, you know? And, um, you know, as young kids listening to this stuff, get a jump on it. Get a jump on it and understand that you're going to be, you know, the rest of your life, you're going to be working and you're going to have a whole bunch of different jobs. It's not 1955 where a guy gets a job and uh, the wife works at home. That's all gone, man. Now the wife gets the cool job and the guy raises the children or mm-hmm. you guys raise the children or whatever you want to call it, man. I mean, I live in Portland, Oregon. There's every kind of wildness and that's why I love it here, right? <laughs> I mean, it's a non-issue where I live. There's lots of different kinds of families and different kinds of lifestyles and different kinds of ways to make a living or ways to relax too. You know what I mean? Like ways to to work a little less. So um, I don't know. I hope this has been interesting, you know, listening to me, you know, talk about graphic arts, but anything else I should address here that you have a question on? Can I give you three rapid fire questions? Let's do it. You can answer in a sentence or less. What's an inspiration that might surprise people? That's not your typical graphic design answer. Oh, um, like I said, it could be a sentence or less. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love documentaries. Um, that's my favorite thing to watch. I like to learn. It's like reading Wikipedia. Yeah. You know, um, there's certain history things I've been, I've been into, um, um, you know, but I think uh, uh, the one that I have tonight to watch is called Jimmy Carter, Rock and Roll President. And if you go back and look at President Carter, this is just a history lesson, right? President Carter, President Carter, uh, I can barely remember the late 70s. I was five and six, right? You know, in 1978 or whatever, five years old. I can barely remember him being on the television and stuff, right? So 
Um, I was around for that stuff, but nevertheless, he was only four years from 76 to 1980 when Ronald Reagan came in, mm -hmm. but he was a rock and roll president. He hung out with Willie Nelson. He had the Allman brothers, you know, playing at things. He had Aretha Franklin coming in on stuff and he was the rock and roll president, you know, and some of the stuff people were really kind of bummed on, you know, because he had these like rock and rollers and stuff coming into the white house and stuff. But that's America, too. And mm -hmm. the reason he did that is he was, you know, he's a very religious person, but he also loved Bob Dylan. You know, he was a very, you know, kind hearted, peace loving man. But he also loved, you know, these sorts of bands of the 70s that like, you know, I mean, it's just really interesting. So I'm going to watch that tonight. And that is probably my favorite thing to do when the day is done. Go watch a documentary. Yeah. And uh, chill. So that's that's tonight. Yeah. And it's cool to see that come into your art your design, your whatever you want to call it too. Like I, I think about the space shuttle uh, yeah. logo thing. And that's, I mean, that just comes from a place of learning. So that's fun. Yeah. Um, if you could only use one typeface forever, what would it be? Um, probably Helvetica. Okay. You know, that's it's a good modern, idea. it's crisp, it works. It's uh, it, it stands the test of time. And Beautiful. Uh, you know, all these years later, it looks just as, as good as it did when it came out. It was 1961 is when it came out. Timeless. But yeah, Helvetica. Yeah. Love Helvetica it. Bold. Yeah. Helvetica bold. Um, last question, and then I'll let you go. Um, and you've answered this in a lot of ways, but I just want you to condense it into one kind of cohesive thing. If you could go back in time to 16, 17-year-old Aaron Draplin, what would you tell yourself to help you along your artistic journey? Hmm. Well, um, you know, it's all just the basic stuff of like, you know, things are going to be okay. And uh, quit fretting so much. Um, you know, due to my sort of worrying nature as a young kid, it really compelled me to size up where I was at and be like, and be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, um, no one else is going to do this for me. So I better get a jump on stuff. So mm -hmm. I was pretty ambitious. What did that even mean? Drawing and painting and, and learning how to do these things, going up to Alaska to make money to get a computer. And that, you know, got me to the digital realm. and all this kind of stuff. I would just tell myself the basics of like, Hey, you know, you continue to work hard. You're going to get ahead. But I learned that pretty quick. Yeah. I would also say that, you know, maybe working as much as you did might not always be the best thing you know, for lots of different reasons, you know, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to say there's any sort of regrets there, but, you know, a lot of the Midwest that's in me was like, how am I ever going to make my way with this stuff? If anyone listening to this, you want to be a graphic designer, go do it. If you want to go be a rock and roller, go do it. If you want to go be a sports star, it's going to be a little tougher, but go do it. You can still just play sports and get that taste, you know, mm -hmm. Don't be heartbroken if it doesn't quite work out, but um, be nice to your parents, be nice to your little sisters and brothers, and, um, you know. Love it. Well, hey, Aaron Draplin, thank you so much uh, just for, you know, for talking to me and taking some time out of your day. I know you're a busy guy, so it means a lot. All right, man. You have a good night. Take Draplin, care. Draplin, you too. Have a good year, man. Hope it's your best See yet. See you around. Thank you. See ya. So much fun talking with Aaron. I hope you guys enjoyed it too. 
He's always fun to listen to, but also knows when to get down to business. Thanks again for taking the time to talk, Aaron. Don't forget to check out his work on Instagram at Draplin or online at draplin.com. He has some amazing TED Talks, which you can find on YouTube. And he also has several Skillshare classes that you can take covering topics like logo design, customizing type, and making merch. If you have Skillshare, check those out. If you don't have Skillshare, get it and check them out. As always, thank you for listening. If you have any questions or have artist suggestions for this podcast, you can email at schsvisualart at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at schsvisualart. Until next time, keep creating.